You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, hello. It's Lisa Cherney. It's the GFR show. And I have another Lisa that I want to introduce you to today. Her name is Lisa Cherney. No, her name is not Lisa Cherney. Her name is Lisa Turner. (laughs) Another juicy Lisa. And she has probably one of the most unbelievable stories that we're going to share on the show. And I know that's saying a lot (laughs) because there's a lot of unbelievable stories that we're sharing on the show. Oh my God. Okay. So the question I want you to think about is where are you a prisoner in your own life? Where are you a prisoner in your own life? Lisa Turner with a PhD in mathematical modeling and aeroacoustics. She made the extraordinary transition from scientist to leadership teacher through her search to become free from her own past. In this past, she was kept as a virtual house prisoner for five years by a pedophile from the age of 15. Her experience of how she became free now fuels her dedication to freeing minds of others who are enslaved by the illusion of their inner limitations. Y'all, if you're going to listen to somebody about this, (laughs) I think she's a good one to listen to. Since her freedom, she's developed her practical models and technologies for removing limitations and reaching full potential by training in neuro-linguistic programming, NLP as we call it, Western mystery, Eastern mystery, life coaching, hypnosis, psychology, yoga. I mean, I can go on and on. Shamanism, Reiki, all, all of these healing modalities. And she has really launched her own technology around this. Um, in her company called Psychademy, which she has been running for over 15 years, and it consistently turns six figures each year. She is on the show to confess, and you would think it would be about this, but it's not. She's written a book about, about I think, two books about her, her life um, that are totally worth reading. She actually has something new she wants to confess, and she herself was quite shocked with how it revealed a new layer of healing for her um, from her days as being a house prisoner. And it relates to um, a way that she was held prisoner in her own business. So I think you're really going to want to hear her story. I think it's going to be illuminating. She has an irreverence and a life and a joy about her that's going to have you really not be able to believe um, how she spent um, the age 15 to the age 20. Oh my God, she's amazing. Uh, Yes, so you know what? Without further ado, I want you to meet Miss Lisa Turner. Welcome everybody. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It's Lisa Turner all the way from England. And she'll tell you exactly where, because I was about to say London, but I know it ain't London. So she'll let us know her geography. I'm Lisa, I'm so glad to be here. Welcome, welcome to the GFR. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. And you are correct. I am nowhere near London. I'm about four and a half hours away from London. So um, yes, believe it or not, London and England are different. <laughs> um, 
and I'm glad you know that. So yeah, I'm, I'm down here in beautiful Cornwall. So I'm in the West country. So if you look at a map of the UK, it's like the bottom left-hand corner, a little pointy bit. We stick right out into the Atlantic. So I'm near the ocean where I love to go swimming. Oh, I love that little pointy bit. I'm, I'm enough of a, uh, of a ugly, silly American to know what I don't know, but not enough to be savvy and actually know. <laughs> uh, and you know what? That's I think knowing what you don't know is really important there. Yeah. So awesome. I don't judge. I don't judge. <laughs> I know that about you. I know that about you. I'm so excited. So when I first conceived of this idea of getting people on to share their stories about struggle in their life to that births a new level of success. And when I was going through the mental list of all of the amazingly, crazily, crazily wonderful stories, of course, your life popped into my brain because you have an aspect to your story that which is unfucking believable. And and so I, I, you know, even though it's not like a current or recent sort of confession, it is a potent backdrop to your work as a whole. And we're going to touch on that, which happened something when you were young, um, and we're and then we're going to touch on something that um, is really present for you that you know is somewhat related. And of course, this is something that our listeners will relate to, right? Something that happened to them when you know they were younger that they feel like they got over, you know, that they've processed, that, you know, they tell the story and then they think, you know, they think it's sort of in the past and then it resurfaces in, in an interesting way. So, um, you know, I'm excited to hold, you know, create the space for you to tell your amazing story and you're just, ah, you are one of my spiritual go-to people. You know, we have not uh, talked uh, or seen each other in quite a while. Um, but when I am just like in a tizzy, you know, you're like on my speed dial and I just want to thank you for always being available to me. I really appreciate oh. it. Oh, you are so welcome. You're so, so welcome. And thank you. Thank you. It's my honor. You're very, yeah. Oh, my honor. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. love fest there. <laughs> love it. <laughs> you got, oh my God, everyone, you're just in such, in such for, in such a treat, uh, in for such a treat with Lisa. Um, <laughs> I miss you. I want to see you soon. Okay. All right. Okay. I got to get my, get, get, pull myself together to. Yeah. Get it together, Lisa. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, so Lisa, tell us, yeah. So tell, you know what I want you to, so tell us about your, um, your, your experience when you were uh, a young gal, that was a significant thing for you, how that actually helped you birth your, you know, kind of the totality of your body of work. And then I want to share, and then I, I want to open it up for you to share and confess something that, that you, um, a new, a new aspect or a new twist that you recently walked through. Yeah. Yeah. So so I do just want to give a little trigger alert that if you've had any kind of abuse in your childhood, some of the things that I'm going to share, just it may bring up your stuff. And, and I, what I want you to do is I just actually, I'm, I'm not going to suggest you don't listen to this. I'm going to suggest you do listen to this, but just to be present to what this may activate in you. So that's, I just kind of give that as a little, you know, may contain scenes of, uh, sexual nature and possibly some swear words or something, you know, what do they do on the telly? They yes. do that on the TV. So, so uh, this is the story that often really shocks people. Cause when people meet me, they see someone who's got it pretty, you know, it looks like I've got it reasonably together or is just, you know, pretty content with my life. I, I, you know, people often say, you know, you're one of the happiest people I know. And I say, I'm one of the happiest people I know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when I was so, when I was 15, I was uh, abducted by somebody who would probably now be labeled as a pedophile, brought from Australia to the UK and kept as a house prisoner for just, for just under five years. It was literally a month short of five years. So, uh, so the, the pattern was I met him when I was uh, 13. He first, uh, yes, yeah, so when I was 13, he first, uh, no, I met him when I was 12. He first attempted penetrative sex when I was 13. He succeeded when I was 14. 
And then when I was 15, he convinced me, my parents, to allow me to move in with him in England, and that was in London. Um, <clears throat> and I managed to eventually escape. It was two weeks after my 15th birthday that I moved in with him, and two weeks before my 20th birthday that I finally escaped. The relationship was um, highly abusive, highly manipulative. There was every aspect of domestic abuse, which takes the form of psychological abuse, you know, bullying, putting you down, um, economic abuse, taking all your money, uh, social abuse, kind of isolating you from other people so you don't have any friends and family. And he did that really well by moving me to the UK and like basically banning me from, from having, you know, from having friends. Um, and then uh, sexual abuse, which doesn't necessarily mean rape, although it might, it just means total control of the sexual relationship. So uh, he would kind of flip flop between, um, and I would never, it was like, I wouldn't use the word rape, but it would be non-consensual sex is how I would refer to that. I think there's a big difference between, you know, somebody in a woods getting raped by a stranger to non-consensual sex with someone, you know, so, so he would flip flop between non-consensual sex. So he would be pretty adamant that like it was happening and then he would just ignore me and wouldn't touch me for months. And then if they haven't managed to control you, this is like the pattern of, of abusive relationships, if they haven't managed to control you with the first four, that's only, that, it's only then that they need to hit you. And, and so for a lot of, and it is predominantly women, although it's not only women, when they get, um, you know, like when it gets to them being hit, it's like the reason they stay is because they have uh, no friends and family no support around them, no self-confidence, no money because they're controlling the, the, you know, all the, all the money. They've taken all the money. Um, and often they have, uh, so when, uh, when you don't have access to your sexual energy, it takes away your life force energy. So they have no friends or family, no money, no confidence, no energy. So they don't really need to hit you then. <laughs> so, so that's that piece of my story. Um, I managed to escape. Um, and uh, rebuild my life. It wasn't easy. I did manage to get a degree in, uh, uh, and I, my first degree was in engineering, mechanical engineering and production engineering. And, uh, and I, I had a near-death experience on a bike. So I was, uh, people say, did you have a bike? Or did you have a car accident or a bike accident? I said, no, the car had the accident and I just got in the way. And uh, so I'm, cycling up this hill and I'm getting to the top of the hill and I'm really going for it because I'm in training for a race car comes out and just he was about to plow into the side of me and I managed to get just far enough in front of him that he just clipped my back wheel hurled me into the air so I was landed in a messy heap on the road the next thing I know floating out of my body looking down going oh that looks nasty that's messy that's gonna really hurt and there's this presence beside me saying, so what are we doing? You're going back, you're coming with us. No agenda. Like they were wow. just totally permissive. You know, like, what, what, what are you doing? You're going there or you're coming with us? We, we, you know, it's your choice. Now, I know that I made, obviously I did choose to come back, but I, I made another choice as well. And the other choice was I chose to not only come back, but to figure out how to make life work. And this is when I went on this quest and I... Uh, I just did every single bit of personal development and therapy because at the time I was suffering from what we're probably labeled now. Uh, uh, certainly I had agoraphobia, uh, PTSD. I had um, like crippling self-confidence, self-worth issues. Um, and I was literally a, a magnet for anyone who would um, wanted to try and control or influence and bully me. I had no sense of real sense of boundaries or saying no. Um, so I went on this quest to really figure out how to make life work and to heal. So I did every sort of analysis and study and I started out with fairly traditional sort of um, kind of, you know, the psychotherapy route, the psychology route, didn't really get very far with that. Um, then I explored spiritual things. I explored meditation and then the weird shit started happening. So I'm starting to see auras. I'm starting to have dead people show up and chat to me, starting to see spirit orbs. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Now, at the time I was working as a researcher in university. So I thought, okay, I'm a researcher. Now, what people don't, I don't always know about science is 
science doesn't start with a, whoa, I've discovered the secret to whatever. It, just, it starts with a, oh, that's funny. I wonder what's going on there. Let's do some research. So that's, I thought, well, let's just approach this the way scientists do. There's something funny going on. Let's research it. So I did. So that's when I started to go into the real spiritual realms. And um, <clears throat> so I started, uh, I studied Western mystery. So that's the tarot, the Kabbalah. I started, studied Eastern mystery. So that's um, chakras and, uh, and um, kind of meditation. I studied Tantra. I studied uh, esoterics. I studied metaphysics. I studied uh, NLP, hypnosis, and, you know, pretty much you, you know, Reiki. I'm a Reiki master three times over. I never use it. I studied shamanism, Hawaiian shamanism, North and South American shamanism. I studied and, and uh, uh, traveled with some Australian Aborigines, learning their traditions. And, and I finally figured out, like, first of all, there's a lot of bullshit out there when it comes to spirituality. And I've got a series of processes and techniques now that, are, that pretty much guarantee if you follow the steps, you will experience a connect like a, and I don't even like the word connection to source because that presupposes that we're disconnected and we need to do something to reconnect. So what I do is I have this series of processes that remove the experience that you're not source, that you're not, that source isn't present and part of you. So, 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 the, and that's, that forms the body of work for my business. That's what I teach. I'm a spiritual teacher. I teach people to be spiritual practitioners, to perform um, and utilize the techniques that I use with their clients. One of the, you know, our main sort of flagship one being a process called higher self therapy, which absolutely completely releases resist it. And we say it releases negative emotions, but in truth, there's no such thing as a negative emotion. There's only resistance to love, which you feel as a negative emotion. So, or resistance to life force energy. So, um, and that forms the body of work that I do now. That's, that forms the, you know, that's our, that's our, our process. And we teach that as part of our flagship training program, which is our spiritual practitioner certification training. So that's, that's kind of where we got to with, um, you know, with me setting up the business. We've been running now for 15 years and we've done really, really well. And other times we've done not so well, which might All segue right. into the wormhole. Yes. <laughs> as you yeah. call it. So, so, so thank you for sharing so candidly. And I imagine our listeners are, um, a bit reeling right from the initial, um, the initial sharing about, you know, the abduction. Did you, I don't even know if you use that word abduction. Yeah, I do. I do. I yeah. use the word abduct, although he didn't abduct me in the, like the, you know, grabbing me by putting a bag over me, my head and shoving me in the boot of a car or the trunk of a car, as you would call it. It was more that um, he manipulated me and my parents such that there was really no obvious option other than for them to send me to the UK. He, he did it. He was a master of emotional blackmail and, and manipulation. And he did two things. So he manipulated me by saying, uh, if you don't move in with me, if you don't come to the UK, if you don't come to London, I will kill myself and it'll be your, all your fault. Now, 14 year old girls don't really understand about emotional blackmail. So I absolutely believed that if I didn't go to London, he would kill himself and that would be my fault. Um, and it's also quite flattering, you know, I can't live without you. You're the love of my life. So he totally tapped into the ego there. And what I didn't always also know was that behind my back, he was talking to my mother saying, Lisa's about to go completely off the rails. She's getting into drugs. So we think she's going to be a prostitute. You know, I think she's going to, you know, she's getting into prostitution because he was my music teacher. That's the piece I, I maybe met, left out. So he was like a respected member of the, the community and the school. And so my parents are hearing one of the school teachers say, I'm really concerned about Lisa. And, you know, I think she's going to get, she's getting into drugs. She's getting into the really dark side. And I think the best thing is for her to get totally away from that environment. I will take her away from that environment. I will do that for you. No, no need to thank me. Just send her to live with me. I'll be her guardian. I'll take care of her. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and you have written about this, um, in, uh, one or two books, I believe. 
and yeah so uh the main book that has the bulk of the story is the uh, is my is my memoir which is uh it's called i loved a pedophile the seduction abduction and liberation of a life and it, it gives uh that whole story in a bit more depth ah oh my god <laughs> oh my god on amazon kindle <laughs> I know, and, and when I, y'all, when I met Lisa, gosh, it's, I don't know, it feels like at least 10 years ago now, um, and she shared this, it was just like eyes wide open, mouth open, just staring at her, and of course, she has, you know, healed and in such a way that she speaks about it so candidly, as you can hear, um, and so, and, and with such, um, you know, retrospective you know, understanding of the dynamics and, you know, you heard her kind of dissect, you know, all the different levels and, you know, and in such a powerful way. And so uh, you could see why I had to have her on the show. <laughs> um, and, and I truly, truly, truly believe like, obviously it, it launched you into being a seeker and, and I was just saying this to my husband the other day about how often spiritual teachers like those that you know you know are world famous and blah 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 um have we're, we're skeptics you know we're scientists you know so mm. that you know so then people hear about oh they're channeling this and they did this and you know we also could hear in the same breath you know so you know you heard in the intro lisa's a phd in mathematical modeling and aeroacoustics and you know like this is not you know when you hear her now it's i think sometimes we dismiss we can dismiss um people that are of the spiritual arts, if you will, um, as, you know, woo-woo or whatever kind of our resistance to that stuff is. And so I feel like you are, you know, divinely crafted <laughs> to be, in my opinion, to be a teacher that more people will listen to because, you know, of your scientific um, and academic um, approach and sort of, you know, you didn't pop out as like a woo-woo person, right? You know, and of yeah. course, your, you know, unfucking believable story of, you know, five years um, of your, that journey and, and how it, it launched you so, uh, and the near death experience, like the combination that, 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 that negotiation <laughs> that you made to like get to the bottom of things, um, if you were going to come back. So, um, yeah, I just, it's, uh, it's it's such a great example of, you know, the stories that we're telling here. So thank you for sharing with such candor. Thank you. Thank you. And thank, I want to thank everyone. And I know I can't see you and I don't know how you're receiving this, but the sense I get is that you've received it with like an open heart and an open mind. Cause it's easy to be in a place of judgment of, you know, judgment of him, judgment of me, judgment of my parents. Like what were they thinking? And I, the sense I get is, that you know they're like there's just like wow that happened so thank you everyone listening yeah thanks for that acknowledgement <sighs> okay so you would it would be enough to stop there and we're not <laughs> going to because this that experience has continued to shape your life and your business and your evolution and so when i invited you to be on the show you dug deep to look to see if there was something that else that you wanted to share that might be healing for you and others. So, um, yeah, so let's, let's share this, the next layer of that's more current for you as a business owner. Sure. Yeah. So where do you want me to start? Let's see. Um, so the, the theme is, is being bullied and, you know, you shared about how you didn't have any sort of sense of, of that, you know, very shortly after your experience and that you were um, very susceptible to people, um, you know, taking advantage of you, um, that type of thing. And, and you thought that you had learned your lesson. Yeah, you know, I was, uh, I was in a... Um, uh, in a mentoring session with my Tantra mentor and we were talking about, you know, my experience and he was saying, you know, cause I, you know, I'd done higher self therapy. I must've released it all. Right. 
And, and I remember having this, this conversation with him and this was before the, the, the GFR moment, um, where I, I, you know, he said, so, you know, he referred to it as being initiated too young, which I thought was a really nice, you know, he talked about, you know, your first oh. sexual experience is an initiation and I was initiated before I was fully mm-hmm. ready. And then he said, so how much of this do you think you've processed and released? And I said, mm, I believe I have released everything that I'm conscious of. But that doesn't mean that there isn't something I'm unconscious of that won't at some point show up just for the perfect purpose of demonstrating what I have yet to let go of. And uh, that was um, just before the, the GFR moment started, really. So in the business in business terms so we'd uh, we'd actually just made this uh we'd had a like, like some so my business had done pretty well you know i got the inspiration to start psychademy and we started it up as a home study thing and it grew really really nicely really really steadily and then i got a mentor who helped me and we just like we exploded the business and we went from like um just below six figures to multiple six figures in a matter of like six months And whenever that happens, inevitably, there's a lot more work to be done. And uh, so I I did, I had a VA and I had a couple of other people who helped me out with bits and pieces in the business. And my VA at the time went on a course to, to teach VAs how to be what she called an online business manager. And she came back from this course and she was like, Lisa, I tell you, ex- I'm going to tell you exactly how to, you need to run your business. I'm going to take everything off you. So what's going to happen is you're going to pay me this retainer. Then you're going to give me a profit share or revenue share, increase in revenue share. And I'm going to take on all of this team and you'll pay them and I'll manage them and it'll all be marvelous. And, you know, and that sounded pretty good, you know, because I was pretty busy doing the social media stuff and writing blog articles and delivering the content and marketing the content and writing the the copy and to, to, to you know, writing the copy uh, for, for, for selling the content and, you know, doing all of that. And this sounded like a really great idea. <laughs> it's like, whoa. So, you know, this lady, she's going to come, she's going to take all this work off me so I can just sit back and I can just do what I really love, which is just deliver the content. It sounds wonderful. I mean, it's kind of it like does, what we all it, want, right? <laughs> yeah. And it was like in a funny kind of way, it was like, it was such a, um, yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, here's the solution to all your problems. Yes. And what I did not know was like, this was actually the beginning of so many problems. <laughs> so as a result, so she recruits, so first of all, she came to me with this proposal of this is how, you know, her course, the person that had, teached her, had been teaching her had said, this is how much, you know, you should be charging me as a retainer. And it was an average Uh, It was like, so I should be paying her a a retainer of an average of the last six months of her fees. So rather than an hourly rate, she now got a retainer. Now, this sounds great. You know, you've got stability in your business. You know exactly how much you're going to be paying each month. But actually, it's a terrible idea. And I'll tell you why. It's a terrible idea because you now no longer have any flexibility. So if like sales start to dry up, nothing you can do to cut costs because you're locked into this retainer. And we had a, the deal that I was locked into it for six months. Now, sometimes, you know, in business, like stuff happens fast and it happens fast on the internet and fast in business. And you're like, okay, storm coming next month. Let's batten down the hatches, cut expenditure. Or, okay, really good, you know, calm seas. Let's open all the sales. We're going to go for it. Perfect wind. We're going to open all the doors. So let's increase expenditure and, you know, bring in more, you know, more hours. So it was absolutely fixed. So, you know, with this, um, this retainer and fixed, you know, like on, an, on this hourly basis, you know, this, you know, no longer an hourly, paying her an hourly rate, I'm now paying her a retainer, whether or not we can afford it. Then on top of that, she's employed a social media manager, someone to manage Infusionsoft, someone to manage my publishing, someone to do my content management. By the way, that didn't, t- turns out that didn't mean she wrote the content. She just managed it, whatever the hell that means. And honest, oh, and somebody to build the websites and she's allegedly managing all the rest of this team. So now I've gone from having overheads of about £4,000 a month to having overheads of about, of, of, I think it was £12,000. So like uh, tripled my overheads. 
And that's like $20,000 a month. About $20,000, I think so. So it's, it's roughly double, but not quite. So um, something like, I don't know what the exchange rate is today. That's fine. That's yeah, cool. something like that. So <laughs> it's a significant expenditure. Now, it sounds great, but then, you know, the social media manager needed me to write a whole bunch of social media posts. So busy doing that. The content manager told me I had to write a load of content, a load of blog posts. So I'm busy doing that. And then turns out that we don't have enough money at the end of the month. So, oh, we better do another launch, but we don't have a copywriter because that was the one person like this, like that was the one piece that took them some of the biggest amount of my time was campaign design and copywriting. And this particular OBM was like, didn't matter what copywriter I found, she hated them and wanted me to do the copy. You're the best copywriter, Lisa. And it sounded so flattering <laughs> that I'm the best at this, so I'll do it. And so we got, I got into this like horrendous workload cycle. So it's do a launch, write the copy, do the webinar, produce the webinar, make the sales calls, get the, get the clients in, oh, got some money. Okay, deliver it, deliver the content, create the content, do the webinars, do the calls, do the calls, do the calls, do the webinars, write the content, do the calls. Okay, great, oh shit, run out of money again. Okay, let's write the copy, Cam design a campaign, do a webinar, get the sales in, do the okay, got the money in, phew. Okay, now deliver it. So it was just launch, deliver, launch, deliver, launch, deliver. And I was fucking exhausted. Sounds I'm exhausting. Like it was. It was, and it was incredibly stressful because it's like, oh shit, there isn't enough money. So I had to remortgage my house wow. because there was a couple of months, like we did a few launches that, you know what, you know what it's like in business. Guess what guys, sometimes in business, you try and sell something and nobody fucking buys. And that's just how it is. <laughs> like, sometimes you're going to try, you're going to have a great idea. It doesn't matter how great your idea is. You're going to do something. You're going to produce something. You're going to do all the work and all the effort and nobody, and it's crickets. Chip, chip. <laughs> Somebody said so, the other day, and it wasn't even crickets. There wasn't even crickets. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, there's the tumbleweed. No, no tumbleweed yeah. even. <laughs> so, so I'm remortgaging my house. I have no money. I cannot take any money out of the business. So it's not even supporting me. And, and the sense I had was like, I was supporting the entire team. This OBM, we'll call her Betty. That wasn't her name. All her team and, you know, and Betty's taken holidays and Betty put her back out so she couldn't work so much. So then we had to pay someone else to do her work while I'm still paying her retainer because that was the deal. And, um, and you know, I said to her, look, if I employ you, it'll be better for me because if I employ you and then you take sick leave in the UK, the way it works is she would, um, I would get the sick leave back from the government. So I could basically still pay her. She was like, no, 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 I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be back at work in a couple of months. And uh, yeah, so another crazy, like a slant to the story. So yeah, so that was pretty exhausting. So just to, to um, draw some dotted lines for people. So there's some themes that start to arise for you in your awareness around this relationship. Yeah. And feeling, um, you know, and you already talked about how she appealed to your ego with some of the things around your yeah. writing and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, which so did your child, um, hood abductor. Absolutely. Um, so, so tell us how you started to like, see that there, this was, this was that healing that was, you know, that you were expecting for, you know, to resurface. Well, here's the interesting thing. It wasn't though. It's like, there was the, you know, there's, there's the moment where you think like, okay, this is just how business is. Like, it's just how business is. Yes. And then, there, so you think this is normal. And then there's the moment where you hang, hang, where you go, okay, something is really seriously wrong with this picture. And the moment GFR came when moment. I had, <laughs> sorry, GFR moment, <laughs> the GFR moment where, so here's the GFR moment. So I've remortgaged my house to pay all of the team that Betty had employed lovingly and you know on my behalf so i'm paying her and all her and all the t her team that she managed and but i'm still doing the bulk of the work it seems to me or like a whole huge ton of work and then there's this moment where um we're both trying to plan our summer holidays and she was saying well i'm going to go to america for three weeks and i'm going to hire this american sports car and drive around america and go and see all these uh i think it was nascar or some kind of car racing that she really loved and she was and, and it, like it was it's just a holiday of a lifetime and you know she was spending something and i 
I, I sort of recall I have this recollection of her telling me how much it was going to cost her. And it was something like, you know, five or 6,000 pounds that this holiday is costing her. At the same time, I'm taking my leave and we're like planning it. So we're not both out of the office at the same time. And the only thing I could afford was a leaky caravan by the seaside. So while I'm, you know, and it's like, I'm kind of, you know, that's all I can afford is, a ca and the caravan fucking leaked. So my feet were wet at night. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry for know, laughing. I know. <laughs> well, look, look, I'm glad we can laugh about it now. But I was like, this is, this is, what is wrong with this picture? Like, I am the freaking business owner. I can't afford to go on a holiday, a proper holiday when I desperately need it. But no, well, Betty's going around America. <laughs> hope she's having a nice time because I'm fucking not. And, uh, and, uh, and it was just like, that was the moment when I was kind of coming back and it's like, do you know what? I, ca I cannot work like this. I cannot work like this any longer. And it was, and um, I mean, there were so many like little pieces that fell into place. It's like, so like how she managed my diary. So her, she, she interpreted her role in my, my, my diary management would be to like, fill every single available time slot where Lisa is doing something. So I would come back from running a really intensive spiritual retreat. And literally I drove like a five hour drive coming back on the Sunday night, Monday morning, nine o'clock, I've got a client call and it's like, are you shitting me? I don't even get a chance to check my fucking emails. And there was client, and like, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm one to myself like, when do I pee? When do I eat yeah. in this so day? She was controlling your life. She was controlling my life. And I was essentially a, like really a slave, you know, a prisoner in a way to this woman. But the, the thing is, it wasn't like she said, Hey, here's what it's going to be like. And right. didn't like, cause this is it, it, you know, this is how it works. It kind of sneaks up on you. So it's like, Oh, there's this piece. Oh, that's okay. Or oh, there's this piece. Well, that's okay. Oh, there's this piece. Well, that's, Oh, hang on. Oh, what? Oh, ha what? And then it's, but it's slowly, slowly, slowly. So that you, you, that it sneaks up on you before you realize what is going on here. So, uh, yeah. So that's where we got to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so freaking embarrassing, right? Like, and that, that's the, you know, the, it, that is like a, a chief uh, symptom of, you know, what we call, you know, these wormholes, which are like the longer trajectory of like the, 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 the life of the GFR moment from beginning to end, you know, is, is, is it's embarrassing. You know, you are a successful, smart businesswoman. You have a following of people that look up to you, that are learning from you, that have enrolled in your courses, that are coming to your events, you know you know, that, that, you know, it's, it's like, I should know better kind of thing, you know, and I, yeah. I had the same thing, you know, when I dismantled my seven figure business, it was like, this is not feeling good. And wait, I'm teaching people how to feel good in their business. And this isn't feeling good. You know, it's, it's, it, it's such a, um, GFR moment, you know, like that's the, that's, that's the expression now I was going to say, come to Jesus, but <laughs> yeah, I wish it doesn't, doesn't, I don't relate with that expression, but it, it, it is, it, it is, it is like a shocking moment of, um, so sobriety of what is really happening. And, and of course this, that in itself happens in multiple ways, right? So we started off this conversation with you in an extreme uh, example of this, right? In multiple layers in a, in, you know, in a, in a just a crazy way. Right. And, and then here we are talking about, you know, this um, Betty bullying you and taking over your life and, you know, feeling enslaved. And, and one could say like, Oh, like how could you even like talk about these two things in the same breath? Um, so can you, can you speak to that? Like how, how you're really able to, 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 to connect the dots for yourself and have it be part of your healing and your story? Yeah. So I think for me, it was, it was this realization. So, so there are so many parallels between the being kept a house prisoner and the being kept an online business manager prisoner, <laughs> and a business prisoner. Because I really felt like, like there is no, you know, there was, there was a moment when, uh, like I really, you know, I just wanted it all to stop. And it's like, I just, I just need a break. I need it all to stop. And, and I couldn't see how to get out of this loop. 
And, and it was almost like, you know, so when, you know, I love the word, you know, you said embarrassing. I, I like to rephrase that and I call it, I'm bare arsing, you know, so I'm showing my bare ass. So uh, I love that. <laughs> So, bare-assing, embarrassing. Yeah, I'm bare-assing. I love so, it. And yeah, and it was, and it's like, you know, how could I be so stupid? I am, you know, I'm self-aware. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good with numbers. God damn it. I've got a PhD in maths. I should be able to work out a friggin' spreadsheet that like these numbers do not match up without me working really, really, really bloody hard. And uh and, and, and initially, um, and then there was all this kind of manipulation. It was like, there was also this sense of obligation that I had to Betty and the team. It's right. like, they're relying on me. They need me to keep doing this, to support them. And that goes back to when I was the house prisoner where he's saying, oh, I need you. I need you in my life. If you go, if you leave me, I'll die. I'll kill myself. I need you. And there's this, so it hooks in. Now it's, you know, like there's lots of parallels, but it wasn't on the same level. And, and, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, proud to say, I guess that I spotted it quite a lot sooner than, uh, than I did when I was a house prisoner. So at least I was, I had that awareness. So I think I had that situation uh, for about, uh, it was about 18 months getting on. It was 18 months that we were in it that I thought, oh, hang on, we need to change something here. It took me a while to unravel it because one of the things that Betty had done, which is really crafty, was like, we didn't even know what the passwords were for things. We didn't even know. So the way she'd stored, the way she'd stored pages on the website, you could not find the page like because it didn't have a proper name. They were just gobbledygook numbers. So, um, so it was really difficult to get anyone else to take over and, and get her out of the business. So that was, so there was just a lot of just the, from the basic logistics thing that, you know, one of the big business things I learned is like, nobody has a password that I don't know, or that it, I mean, I don't need to know it, but it needs to be recorded somewhere. And, and we have people in the business who, um, you know, we just check, do all the passwords work? Are the passwords up to date? Is the password document up to date, you know, and is it properly protected and everything? So, so it's just, you know, it's just things like thing, basic things like that. And, and how to get back to a place of not having this massive team that needed my support to on the flip side now where I've got this, and it's not a massive team, it's a relatively small team now who are absolutely here to support me. So, you know, I can leave my business at really short notice. So um, is it okay if I share this piece that we talked sure. about? Yeah. So, so the, the, as we speak, so my mum has terminal cancer. She's had it, she's had it for over two years. So I've, I've kind of had Qantas on speed dial and, you know, speaking to my family regularly and we keep having Qantas she has a, is the airline for those. Of yeah. You. That's the airline to Australia. <laughs> hmm. But I sometimes fly British Airways and sometimes I fly Cathay Pacific. No, you know, I don't have any preferences, but you know, but, Quant, but actually no, I do. I like Qantas. Um, just cause the flights are nice times. I landed a sensible time. So um, that's just by the by. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not sponsored. Qantas does not sponsor this podcast, <laughs> but maybe we should ask them to. <laughs> right? Okay. So you have Qantas, your mom is, your mom is ailing and you have Qantas on the speed dial right now. Yes. So, so as we speak, so my mom took a little turn for the worse and she's been ad- admitted into hospital, uh, into the palliative care unit. Cause she's now in a lot of pain. And last week I said to my, to this happened just, just literally just the end of last week. And I said to my team, got them all together. And I said, look guys, it may come to it that I need to leave at short notice because if, if I, if my mum wants me there, the moment she's saying she doesn't want me there, she absolutely wants me to stay here. But if she says, if any of my family say they want me, I am on that plane. I am heading to the airport and I'm on the plane. I'll send you a text. Bye. So just, you know, this is consider this your warning and the support and the love. It's like, okay, so Catherine's going to take over the calls. Uh, Josie's going to take over those calls. Joe's going to do this. We've all got it. We've got your back. Just, if you need to go, just go. And it's like, whoa, like this is so different. Like it went from being like an inverted pyramid where I was at the bottom supporting this massive team who like needed me to do everything, bring in all the money and do all the work so that they had stuff to do, whatever. I didn't even, you know, it's like, so to totally flipping it. So I am completely cradled if I need to be. Like, so if I, if I said to my team, if I could send a text to one person and I'd say, let the team know, I'm on, you know, I'm getting on a plane tonight. Like the business would keep going. We'd still make money. Sales would still come in. 
everyone would be fine. And it's like, that is like that flip is, is where we've got to now. And like that, like that's, um, you know, that's, and I, God, my, the love I get from my team is just incredible. Just incredible. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Are there any other lessons that you learned along the way with this particular journey or, or, you know, part one of your journey um, that you want to share with our listeners? Lessons along the way, things that you learned about yourself or things that are now sort of rules, you know, for yourself or guidelines, anything you want to share along those lines? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many and so many layers. So, the, so one of the big ones, which is one of the things I live my life by is um, everything that you experience is your creation. No one is doing anything to you. Everything is, you are totally projecting everything onto the outside world. So when you create and attract in your universe, somebody who appears to be manipulating you or bullying you, it's so easy to just go into blaming that person is a bad person rather than, and doing a bad thing rather than going, whoa, okay, how did I create this experience? And that's now how I, you know, it's like, okay, so what do I, and one of the questions I ask, and this is, this is a really powerful question. So it's rather than, you know, asking why, because why isn't always a useful question. I ask this question. I say, what do I need to know or learn the knowing or learning of which will have this problem disappear? Oh, can you say it again? Yeah. I thought you might say that. So it's what do I need to know or learn the knowing or learning of which will have this problem disappear? And sometimes you need to ask that question several times. So with the, with the, um, the, you know, the online business manager situation. So I, I can't remember exactly what it is. And that, that, that's the other piece of like, that I, I really want people to take away with is take away is that every emotion from the past and pattern can be released. So those of you who are in your, um, Oh, I forgot what you call it. You're inside a club thing. Uh, the GFR squad, <laughs> the squad. Yeah. So you've had a, an example of like a, a um, and, uh, you know, like a, um, a taster of uh, the higher self therapy process that I um, downloaded and now utilize in, in Psychademy. That's what we teach, which absolutely releases every, like it releases any and every patterning from the past so that you can face the future and the present trigger free. So, so, um, so when you ask this question, what do I need to know or learn the knowing or learning of which will have this disappear? Sometimes the question is, okay, so the first thing you need to know is you're being manipulated. Okay. So what else do I need to know or learn the knowing or learning of which will have this disappear? What do I need to know or learn about being manipulated? Well, that you, uh, that, uh, you know, so it might be something like, okay, so that, um, being manipulated comes from your ego being stroked. Okay. So what do I need to know or learn the knowing or learning of which will have that disappear? It's okay. So that there's an incompleteness in you. Okay. Right. So where do I feel incomplete? So what do I need to know or learn the knowing or learning of which will have this problem disappear? And as I, so I kept asking this and I eventually got to this answer, which was you are whole, you are source, you are source expressing itself through you and source can and will choose to express itself however you choose to allow it. And it's almost like this, you know, this sort of voice that, you know, this message, this knowing that came through me, which was, you are source, you're at choice. How would you like to be an expression of source? And, you know, so the answer is, well, not like that, not like I'm being totally bullied by and manipulated by somebody else. So how do you like, not like that? How do you want to be the expression of source? Well, I want to be the example of somebody who can totally surrender and release their ego, release any need, any, so there's no unmet need within me. I am just me. I am source. I am the living embodiment of source. And so is everyone else. You might need to ask that question a few times to get to, and you'll get to whatever you get and how you get it will be however you get it. I love that. It's very, it's layered, you know, it, mm. it, it, uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of, uh, something I used to teach in my juicy marketing courses around, it used to be called juicy benefits. And 
I would, you know, we'd say, well, what's the benefit of, of your work? And oh, I help people feel more peaceful. What's the benefit of that? Well, they can be, get more work done. What's the benefit of that? And we would just keep asking, you know, until we got to, you know, some of the juicier, you know, language that was really more authentic to that person and their expression. And so I'm hearing a, a similar sort of like, just keep asking, you know, just keep asking that question. Um, and we need to create space in our life to ask ourselves these questions. I mean, this is the, the main um, focus of the GFR commandments tool that we use here is that it's not like, oh, we, you know, there's 12 and we need, need like 12 steps and we need to use all of them. Like it's no, it's like pick one, you know, and ask. And, uh, you know, before we kick things off, I asked you, was there one that resonated with you when you said number one, which is uh, the commandment is don't compromise. And the question is, what am I tolerating? And it's, so, you know, like that, the, the spirit of one of my tolerating feels so energetically similar to what the question that you just gave us. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it really is. It's like, well, what am I putting up with? What am I putting up with? And, you know, it was that like that moment when, uh, you know, I'm going on this really crap holiday that I can barely afford and, and, and. You know, my OBM is going on this, you know, luxury tour of America and, you know, I couldn't even afford, afford it at the time a flight out of the country. It's like, wow, okay. So like, there's, there's, there's something wrong with this picture. Like, what am I tolerating? What am I putting up with? So, yeah, yeah it's beautiful. It's good, yeah. If you haven't, uh, y'all haven't grabbed your GFR commandments, um, please go do that. Uh, link in our show notes, gfr.life forward slash 12C. Um and, and just, you know, and be an inquiry. And that's what I'm, I'm feeling like is the tool that you just gave us is like how to be an inquiry. Um, and y'all, we need to take time to do that. We need to just stop for a minute <laughs> and ask ourselves these types of questions. And I think that's, you know, part of, of the GFR lifestyle is stopping, you know, and y'all are listening to this show. And so that's, you know, there's, there's a way that you're pausing life. You could be driving or cleaning the house or whatever you're, you're doing. And you are taking the time to give yourself some input that's perhaps contrary, that's going to, that's going to um, possibly short circuit something or be a pattern interrupt to something that, uh, that you are tolerating in your life, that you are um, succumbing to bullying or that your ego is being stroked and creating some static for your higher self's wisdom. So um, I love that, creating some static your higher self. Yes. 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 Ah, Lisa, this has been so amazing. Is there any parting wisdom that you would like to share before we conclude? Ah, oh, yeah. So I think it is just to remind yourself again, that everything that you experience is your creation and it's created by you for you. It's not being done to you. It's being created by yourself, by your higher self for you so that you can recognize just how amazing you really are. You are source. You are source expressing itself through you. So choose how you become that expression of source. And I am inclined to close the show from there, but I want to channel uh, the audience for a moment. And I want to say, well, I want you to, I want you to connect with Lisa, the skeptic. So you say that, and I want you to speak into just for a minute or two here, speak into the resistance and how that sounds when you say that, what is the resistance that you get when you say stuff like that to audiences? I'd love for you to speak into that. Oh yeah. So, so often when I say that people go, Oh, but I can't connect to source. I can't connect to source. You know, I don't know what source is or, or maybe there's nothing outside of this. And I, so, so, you know, I say, well, first of all, I really dislike the word connect to source because that presupposes that we are disconnected and that our natural way of being is not being source and being disconnected and that we need to do something to reconnect. So I want you to remind yourself of all those times when you experienced joy for no good reason. 
where you just were present to joy, not present to, like, I think there's a big difference to happiness and joy. And a lot of people think, oh, when I'm connected to source, I'll feel happy. Uh, happy is something that happens as a result of something in the physical world. I've got an ice cream and that makes me happy. You know, I've got a pay rise and that makes me happy. I've got a new client and that makes me happy. Whereas joy comes from, I'm experiencing joy talking to you, Lisa, just because this is me showing up as me. So it's, so my first thing is what the skeptic is, uh, is just, is to remind yourself of where you experience joy. Because when you're in that moment of joy for no good reason, not because of anything that's going on outside of you, it's not joy because, or this made me, it's just joy. That's where you're in that point of source. The second thing I often say to skeptics is this, nothing I say is the truth. Now, neither is, is it a lie. I'm not lying to you, but it's not the truth. What I'm presenting, what I'm expressing to you is a truth. And I use, I often use the word models. You know, at my PhD was a mathematical model, which basically means I did a whole load of sums, <laughs> hard sums that figured out some relationship between noise and uh, uh, acoustic power and output and, uh, and power input into a rotating component, which is probably way more technology than you needed. Um, it's so sexy. That was so sexy. <laughs> was, it? was it? Okay. Totally. I, say it? Yeah. <laughs> I can it say was something that that is sexy about it. Uh, it's now used on most of the um, the newly designed aircraft engines. So it's reduced the amount of avgas that's used, reduced the amount of um, aviation fuel that's used. So I'm just saving the planet with my little mathematical model. Anyway, so back to the point. Mathematical modeling, engineers, right? We like scale models, so we'll make a little scale model and then test it. We might do some sums and think, oh, then that gives us an idea. And the, but the thing is, we know that the model is not the thing. You know, the, the picture is not the reality. The map is not the territory. So, we, so it's a model. And uh, one of the things, one of, my, it was one of my engineering mentors said, he said, all models lie. And some of them lie usefully. So the <laughs> question isn't, is this the truth? The question to ask is, is this useful? Love it. I love that. I love that. So I always say, take from any of this what is useful. And if it's not useful, it's just not your truth. And none of it is the truth. It's just a truth. This is an experience I had that I've expressed in the most open, bare-assing way that I can. It's <laughs> a truth. It's not the truth. And if it's useful, it's my gift to you. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Lisa Turner, thank you for uh, bare-assing yourself with us <laughs> on the GFR show. And I'm super excited um, to, for our GFR squad members to um, get to experience your higher self um, work. Um, and uh, yeah, oh, I could just talk to you for hours and hours, but I'm going to cut myself off here. Um, and thank you for walking out your life. Like, fuck, thank you for surviving your experience, for saying yes to coming back in your body so that we can learn from you on, in multiple, multiple ways. And I'm super grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this time and this space to share this message. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, if anyone wants to connect with me, just there'll be a link somewhere. Head to my website. We have got a ton of free stuff. We've got free quizzes. We've got free eBooks and all sorts of free stuff where you can just join and play with us and get to know us a little bit more and find out if we have something for you. And if we do great. And if we don't great, I love you, whatever. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Over and out for now, Lisa Turner. Was I right? Her story is amazing, and she is amazing. I just love her to death. The commandment that she spoke about is number one, and the confession question is, what am I tolerating? The commandment is, don't compromise. If you have not downloaded your commandments, I know that every time you listen to the show, you're like, I really should download those commandments. Well, yes, you really should download those commandments. It is your roadmap for getting real. You can go to gfr.life forward slash 12C. Of course, there's a link in our show notes. And I want to let you know about the special segment that is for our GFR squad members. This is a closed membership community. Um, the, 
the primary place we meet is in a Facebook group. We call it our squad quad. I, <laughs> I was very surprised by what we, what this segment turned out to be. Um, very unusual. When I clicked play on recording our interview, I had to come clean to her about something that was really distracting me. And this was um, during the time that the podcast was being banned on iTunes. And uh, it was, and at the time of recording this introduction, still is <laughs> quite a challenge for me just in my own. It's like, oh, talk about a GFR journey here. Um, I shared this with her and she dove into doing a healing with me. She does this awesome stuff called higher self therapy. And I was her guinea pig. And when we started like recording it, I, I didn't realize it was going to be the segment for our GFR squad. So if you want to, um, so it's pretty intimate and vulnerable with me. Um, you get to see her do her cool shit that she does. And um, yeah, and, and I think it will um, be healing for you too if you come with something that you are struggling with. So that's for squad members. GFR squad starts at only 20 bucks a month. Do not wait any longer. Let this be the segment that brings you to the community because if you're meant to be there, um, don't waste any more time not being with us. GFR.life Trust squad. All right. Until the next amazing adventurous story on the GFR show. Bye-bye, y'all.